Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks and I am so happy to welcome Anthony on who is joining me today to talk to us a little bit about his story. So welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's lovely to have you. What a pleasure. So how do we find you today? You find me feeling pretty good. Uh, I have had a week off work which has been really nice. Uh, that was my birthday present to myself. Um, <laughs> I love it. My birthday last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I took some time off, was blessed with a lot of sunshine this week and a lot of outdoor walks with friends and park kind of visits, which has been really nice. Um, So yeah, I'm feeling quite refreshed, which is a nice feeling. Lovely. Oh, we find you in a nice place. We need some more of that. That's great. (laughs) Thank you. So Anthony, you know a little bit about the structure of the podcast already, but just in case anyone's listening for the first time, what I like to do is not give my guests a big introduction. Instead, we'll kind of get on to what they're doing later on. But I like to go back to a time when things were perhaps a bit trickier, a bit more difficult, and then we'll move our way forward. So I wonder if there's a time that you'd be happy to talk to us about when you were feeling particularly low or potentially a bit hopeless that you'd be happy to share with us. Yeah, definitely. So I guess for me, the time that really comes to mind is a few years ago now. Um, so I moved to London when I was 18 uh, okay. and went to a, a theatre company to study and really enjoyed my time there, spent a long time studying there and then started freelancing with them and then started working full time. Right. I've been there for quite a while and I was starting to look for work elsewhere because there wasn't really much progression. And mm. um, so it took sort of like nine months or so of like job searching to try and find something that was right and Mm -hmm. I kept getting to like that last that last point when I was like oh I'm about to get this job and then they're like I'm really sorry but someone just kind of pitched it to the post and that happened a few times (laughs) um it's a bit crushing which is difficult Mm -hmm. yeah yeah It, it is but I finally got a new role in this company that sounded really interesting they were sort of like a sign language organization um very focused on sort of bringing the deaf and hearing community together, mm. uh, providing interpreting opportunities for people. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. It's really kind of in line with stuff that I'm interested in. I've done a lot of kind of work with sign language at the theatre company that I've been working right. at. So it felt like a good move. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I left the theatre that I've been at for sort of like 10 years, which was a real big change for me. Yeah. And, you know, kept saying to people, I won't be a stranger. I'll see you all all the time, etc. which is true. I still see a lot of those people oh, and, and go to theatre a lot there. But but yeah, so I kind of moved on to this new place and the first month was really great. Got to know people and we were in one sort of temporary kind of workspace, work sharing space for for that first month. Mm. Um, And then after that sort of first month, things just started to get really strange and uncomfortable. We were being asked more and more to do do things that were like, let me compromise my time and being, I don't know, taking advantage of a little bit. Pressure was being pushed a lot onto us about certain things. Um, some of the interpreters were saying that they were feeling pressured or pushed or mm. uh, different things. And, and more and more time went on, I started to realize it wasn't a really great environment to work in. Right. Um, and 
I was starting to get a little bit scared because I was like, I've made this big change and I've been yeah, somewhere for 10 years where I was really mm-hmm. valued and mm-hmm. I really loved and was a bit of a family really because I've been there since I was right. 18. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden find myself in this space where I feel quite vulnerable and unsafe. Mm. Um, and it was the first time I considered myself to be a really positive, optimistic person. I've been very lucky to, you know, the times that I've gone through hopeless or dark moments in my life have been very short and not affected yeah. me too much on a, yeah. on a grand scheme of things. And I just found myself feeling really low. And I think the biggest the thing for me that really hit home was that I was just desperate to get out was that I remember walking to work because I found a route that I would walk on and there was like a park and I would walk across this park diagonally and it was always really empty mm. um and on that walk I got into this daily routine of just like crying as I was walking Gosh. um and like letting it all out mm. it's weird talking about it now because uh, I feel so different to that well, that's that good. mind that's that good. I was in no it mm. is it is good but yeah and I just remember thinking to myself like this isn't good like I shouldn't be I shouldn't be needing to cry on a daily basis I shouldn't be feeling this torn up going into work and I remember I've always not that I didn't believe people but I've never really understood when people say like oh god the way anxiety affected them that felt very physical Mm. Uh, I've never had an experience of that so I never really understood but I remember you know once being pulled up on something in this job that was really minor but they made such a big deal out of it and like my stomach just like knotted up and was like burning it was such a strange sensation I'd never ever had before I was like this is just so unreal like I remember reflecting on it home like I'm crying on my way into work when I'm there my stomach's on fire Mm -hmm. I would spend my whole morning thinking about my lunch break and then after my lunch break thinking about when I was able to go and get out of that space and leave and it was sad because there were some really great people that I worked with there and I made some good friends with them and we you know we had a laugh at points but yeah that was just a really tough time Mm, it sounds really tough there's there's a few things in there actually that kind of really got my attention Mm. I loved when you described about walking across the park and sort of releasing in a way like I know you know we wouldn't want to be walking into work in floods of tears but I just feel like no what a what a release to give yourself like you obviously felt so much pressure about going into work and it's it's almost such a brave thing to do is to allow the feelings to be there you know because so often when that's going on we sort of try and squash it and pretend it's not happening but it's almost like it was coming up and you were getting it out ready to do the day and I imagine that sort of helped you cope with that for maybe more time than you would have done otherwise potentially it's really interesting I definitely think so yeah it's just really interesting how it sort of impacts our resilience a little bit having a bit of an emotional release and then you feel kind of refreshed a little bit but it must have been so difficult for you like you said you'd been in this family lovely workspace for a decade which is a really long time to work somewhere and And then you've gone from this lovely, comfy, safe workspace and you've branched out and you've been brave and you stepped out and you've gone somewhere else after working really hard to get the job. And then when you get there, things start to crumble. And that is so hard because you can't get a measure of an environment other than your initial feelings when you walk in somewhere. Sometimes if there's sort of a bit of a toxic environment going on, you can tell but other times it's really subtle and and you can't you don't really know until you're there and then yeah and then what you're you're in the environment you're already there so it's so so difficult to go through that process and then feel 
you're stuck almost until you can do something about it and those feelings as well put even more pressure on in terms of how you're feeling that 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 you feel stuck and then you're also getting this pressure from outside all of which doesn't feel good yeah yeah definitely I mean I'm very lucky to have a very you know safe family space and things were quite good in my kind of like relationship with my partner so I'm very lucky that there was no other I think had other stuff been happening I think I probably would have just shut down a bit because I don't think I've taken on any more stresses outside of this what was becoming really massive experience and taking over like my emotional ability to kind of succeed in life you know Um, and like carry myself through that time well you think how much time we spend at work it's huge isn't it like it's the biggest proportion of any activity we do and so if you're really dreading it or really not enjoying it it has a massive impact on your mental health it's unavoidable for it to not have an impact but it's also so difficult because we don't usually take on jobs that we can then just leave straight away most of us aren't in the position to that we can okay sometimes sometimes it's necessary for people to just walk out and leave a job but most of the time you know generally speaking people aren't in the position to do that but it is it is so difficult and like you say what you're describing is quite like sort of subtle but strong pushing of the boundaries so that it's not necessarily in your face that's kind of out of order or stepped over the mark but it's a slow burn if you know what I mean, until you're really, really uncomfortable. And that is so, so difficult. It was very that slow burn sort of feeling like, I remember I was, you know, in thinking about today and reflecting on this experience, I was trying to remember Mm. things and so much of it just seems like very hard to pinpoint certain moments because it was such a slow burn into getting into this toxic and safe space. You know, I remember one day there was another person that worked there and the person that they worked closely with was really getting on at them and like she she started crying and like went to the bathroom and I gave it a minute and then was like I'm I'm just gonna go and they were like where are you going and I was like I just need to go to the bathroom I'm just gonna go to the toilet Mm. um and found her in a corridor and was like trying to say are you okay like how are you feeling yeah "Yeah, it's fine and you know we were just talking and then I was followed out by this person that had made her feel like that and they're like what are you doing you're going to the toilet don't talk to her and I was like this is weird like that's really it was just strange. such a strange mm. I was like okay weird and you know other things happened that were strange like that but yeah it was just really tough and then I think on top of that I was then I it taken a while for me to find this job so like I think I really needed this to go well for my own self-worth my and well-being. value because yes. you know yes. I've been kicked back and kicked back yeah and I needed yeah. to I needed to, this to do to go really well and like part of me was like I'm just going to see this through and, and push to, to try and do as well as I can and maybe if I do better and fulfill the things asked me to do it will get better and it never did so I remember like every lunch break was me going off out of the way and like applying for every single job that like came up in a search oh, on LinkedIn like just right. sending anything that was like an easy apply I was mm-hmm. like oh go send 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 like desperately just trying to clutch and find a, a way out and I think that was just that for me was the hopelessness bit and I think I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but I think one of the ways that I really I got through it was that that space was, I w- walked to that space, I cried on my way there, and then I left that space and came away from it. And that's mm. where all of that was. And I bundled right. it up into like that place. I haven't even been to that tube stop because How I don't really want to go there because I associated mm. so much with 
yeah um, that is so interesting. Like, I didn't bring that much of it home and like I complained and told people but I think for me I just made that and the environment and like all the negative stuff to me was like that building that place and tried mm. to let it all be there um that's really which is interesting. really interesting like yeah just I'm thinking about kind of it's almost decompartmentalizing isn't it like having a space to feel that and feel it safely and feel okay and then not need to take it elsewhere it you know it's it makes total sort of logical sense and I mean a lot of self-control to be able to do that as well because <laughs> well, you know sometimes <laughs> things spill over you know it's not yeah we can't there are definitely be. days that it, that it did spill <laughs> yeah yeah I can understand like it's it's really um, intense and the sort of need the sort of clawing at anything to get out you know shows how how difficult it was that you just felt the any way out was enough didn't matter you know like you're describing applying for anything that was coming up yeah that shows what a sort of I don't know if I want to use the word desperate state but it is that isn't it that feeling desperate yeah. of needing to needing to get out so tell us how long were you how long were you there for before you were able to make a move or something shifted or changed tell us what happened next so yeah so I was there in total for just about six months and I mean, yeah, the first month was fine. And then a few weeks kind of, and then these little cues started coming. But I think I started in January and I think by around mid-March, I was really feeling those feelings. Yeah, You know, that stomach thing was coming up a lot. And yeah, so I started looking for the work and just couldn't find anything. And, you know, I was reaching out to a, a, you know, a previous person that I'd worked with in a shop on the side of when I was studying who then ran a barber's and I was like, can I, can you give me a job? Can I work on the desk and the barber's like, and it was way less money, but I was like, I'll just go and Anything, do that and then yeah. try and, and then I randomly reached out to a recruitment company called Australasian recruiting, which was so, such a bizarre. And when I look back, I'm like, it's such a strange thing. But this is like, cause every single time I've, people have mentioned it, they're like, are you Australian? And I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> really know how I ended up with this company. Um, <laughs> But um, they were great. And basically I just reached out to them because I saw that they looked for people and that they would place you in sort of like contractor roles in companies doing sort of like admin stuff, mm. uh, project management, et cetera. So I spoke to someone on the phone, then they came and met me on my lunch break. And again, that was also quite stressful because yeah. I couldn't get, I couldn't take a day off very easily. And then I was like, oh, you need to come to this space. And I was like, okay, we need to go to this cafe, which is kind of hidden. And that felt very like cloak and dagger. Yeah. Um, like not wanting them to kind of get a sniff that I was having to hide looking for, to leave mm, mm. yeah that was quite stressful but yeah so I ended up chatting to them and they were like oh we think that you'd be a good match for some there's a role that's called a recruiting coordinator have you ever heard of that and I was like nope never heard of this before never really worked in recruiting and they were like yeah it sounds like you're really organized blah 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 and so they were like we, we work with a lot of companies that do this and I was like oh that's really interesting so so yeah they ended up being my sort of lifeline and through them I interviewed at a couple of big tech companies I ended up getting a contract with Facebook which was wow. literally I was, it was such a bizarre <laughs> from like this real I, nothing's ever going to happen what am I going to do I'll apply for anything I'll go and also there's nothing uh, no shame on working in front of house and a barbers at all but I was like that's not why I saw myself working yeah. Like on my plan of where I saw myself, yeah. my career going, and like Facebook, like what the heck is going on? It's so strange. It's such a strange, like um, it's an interesting route, isn't it? You've sort of jumped a little yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah, and 
I remember, and this for me was what really was like the, I don't know, the stamp of approval of the fact that I, I knew, you know, there have been gaslighting moments that have happened right. where you doubt yourself and you're like, mm-hmm. am I just really sensitive? Am I really bad at, am I actually just really bad at work? And I've not been a very good member of staff for this person. Anyway, we were going, we were applying for Arts Council funding for a project that they were doing. And we'd gone through this funding application like so many times. Someone had been brought in that they'd worked with previously to help write it. And, you know, it all been planned out. We talked about everything. People around the company had signed off on everything. And they, I think I told them that I, I gave them my notice and talked to them about like, oh, I, I know I've got this many holidays left. So let me know whether you want me to take those holidays or whether you just want to pay me out. Like, yeah. I'm happy to do whatever. Mm-hmm. I was trying to leave on like the most neutral whatever. Mm-hmm way I could and this day I came into the office and they basically like formulated to fly off the handle about something in this arts council funding application thing and like we're like this is not what we agreed and I was like well yeah yeah you did like and I was so confused really threw me because I was like yeah you and they're like you haven't that's not what we agreed to do did it and I was like no but we went through this application like three times and you knew the dates and we talked it through and also I think with an arts council funding application like if you're not saying we're pushing this whole thing out by a year you probably can do it a couple of weeks later i don't think mm. it's like so anyway but they really formulated this huge thing and then they went off and had a conversation the two people that were running the company and then we're like can we we want to have a conversation with you and they called me and were like so there's been this and there's been numerous other things and we're uh, we're putting you on gardening leave and and like i've given my notice and they just had to they were like, we're taking the power. We're in charge of this. And right. it was just so... Just like, oh, my goodness. And, and I just remember I was so taken aback. And I was like, okay. And they're like, you're going to hand everything over to this other person who I'd worked with, this person that I'd who'd been upset in this previous experience oh that we'd had. And I was like, okay. And they were like, so you can take your lunch. And then after that, you'll hand everything over to this person. And I was like, okay. And I remember like walking away and with this other person and she was like you're you're okay and I was like yeah but I was like I, what's happening and she was like I have got no idea and I was like this is crazy and she was like yeah this is so weird because I just went in being like this is another day I've got a couple of weeks left I'm yeah. gonna go like yeah. it'll be fine so this is this is so strange to me like I just couldn't could not wrap my head around it and I, it, but it was that day which just made me go that I was totally I was reading the right signals. Yeah. I was correct. Yeah. I shouldn't doubt myself. And I remember I handed everything over to this person and then I left. And the, uh, this was like the worst thing that really happened. And I don't really know if this was always the problem or just something that they said off, you know, accidentally or offhand. Mm-hmm. But we'd, we'd use WhatsApp a lot to communicate with different people in the team and stuff. And I was, I got home and told my partner everything that happened. And I was just like, kind of in shock to be honest, like, what is yeah. going on? I was sitting on the sofa and looked at my phone and it lit up with one of the people that run the company's names. And it said, we've let Anthony, the gay PA, go. <gasps> oh, no, sorry. We've given Anthony, the gay PA, his marching orders. That was the phrase. Oh, my goodness. And I screenshotted it straight away because I was like, right. okay, I need to hold on to this because this right. is evidence. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I just, just felt like, firstly, so attacked. Like, yeah. And I've never really... As a gay person, you get very used to being judged and seeing mm. looks in the street and stuff. But there's mm. something very different to strangers passing judgment. Right. Just someone that you've worked really closely with for six months saying something mm. that's, that really boils you down to, like, nothing. It was very, really weird. So um, hurtful. It was really, yeah, it was really hurtful. And I didn't really mm. know what to do. And I, 
this other person that I'd handed over to that day messaged me immediately and was like, mm-hmm. are you okay? And I was like, yeah. It's like, I've taken a photo of it, but what? That's so strange. And I messaged the person that had said it privately and said, sorry, what was that? And they just said, wrong chat. And I just was like... Wow. <laughs> My reaction was just like absolute utter speechlessness. That is really awful. It was awful. It was so awful. But there was something in getting that, that text and having that day that made me feel really empowered. And I don't know what it was, but I think the veil had been lifted that day. And I think actually they were, I saw them in a very different light that day, which really helped me go, they are the problem. They are horrible people. Like, and I just managed to like totally put them under the spotlight. And and Mm. I think it's that thing, isn't it? Where, you know, I've read a lot about people that have been gaslit and domestic abuse Mm. a lot. And when you can finally say that that person is the perpetrator and you have been a victim and that they are the bad person in this situation. I think there's something about, like, it's just uh, the veils lifted, the rose-tinted glasses come off, whatever. It was like, oh, okay, now I can move on from this because you're horrible. Right, (laughs) Um, right. And you've been the one who's been taken advantage of and verbally abused in this scenario it's not yeah yeah it's not any less than that and it it's so difficult because gaslighting is is a phrase that's come about in recent years but it is spoken about much more in much more detail within like romantic relationships isn't it but in reality it can happen anywhere and what you're describing definitely has themes of of that going on and the fact that it made you question your self-worth your capabilities had so much of an impact on you emotionally and it's that sort of undermining what was previously sounds as though a fairly sort of solid self-esteem that it sort of gets underneath Mm -hmm. doesn't it and then you start to question yourself and you start to think well maybe I'm not doing a good job and maybe I'm not doing the things that they asked when actually you're behaving in the same way that you you have so far and that's been successful you've been in a career in a job for 10 years that tells you that the people you work for really liked you you know and it's (laughs) it's almost bizarre to to hear about and unbelievable to hear that someone could be so just heartless and and also the response when you messaged your previous boss your ex-boss to say what does this, what's this about when they'd sent that message is that is just shocking and just completely unacceptable as well. You know, you can't even imagine, I can't imagine having someone having the, I don't know, the the gumption to no. say that to someone yeah, when you know, exactly. oh, that's really wrong. It just like you say, proves to you that it was the right thing to do. But so difficult because there's so many times in the moment where you don't know, you don't know, and you have to trust that inner knowing, that intuition a little bit. And and it's so difficult when things are hard to know, am I doing the right thing? And you sort of have to trust that tiny little bit of something left of that confidence and follow it, follow it, follow it like you did. And then, yeah, what a relief it must have been yeah. to know oh my goodness, I didn't, this wasn't all in my head. This was definitely happening. And I am, I'm now out through however it's happened in the end. But it must have been a massive relief for you. Yeah, I just remember sitting incredulous is like the word. And like you said, bizarre. It was such a bizarre thing. I just Mm. kind of remember sitting back being like, and I also remember actually when I, 
although I didn't want to go on gardening leave, I, I also was banned from talking to anyone apart from this person that I was handing over to that I was leaving. So I couldn't tell anyone that I worked with for the last six months <sighs> I was going. That's they were awful. like, it's not, to, you can't tell anyone else, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's so weird. Anyway, whatever. Awful. It was mm-hmm. awful. Um, mm-hmm. But I just remember sitting back that day on the sofa and being like, I felt a bit manic almost, because it was just like, this is great. I've been on such a roller coaster ride. Then got that text. And there was something in getting that text that made me go, oh, I feel like I have some power here now. And it made mm. me just go, like, I reached out to a friend who works in law and was like, listen, should I? And they were like, you don't really have any rights. And they were like, you could make a real big stink about this in the media. You could get it, you yeah. know, you could probably get onto a TV show. Or you could you could send it to partners that this company works with. But they were like, do you want that? Do you want to be Anthony the gay PA yeah. like in the media? Do you want to like lengthen out this process? Or do you yeah. want to just go? And I was like, yeah, I just want to go like, under the cover of night like just disappear basically Mm -hmm. and be out of their lives and like they put me on gardening leave I think part of it was because they didn't want to pay me out for the holidays because you can put you can take those holidays during their gardening leave and so they didn't ask me to come in again which was great I know I know it was ridiculous (laughs) but it was two weeks what was really annoying was they said during that time at any point they could call me and say you need to come into the office today and I was like I can't do anything for these two weeks so it was they were still trying to like clutch onto some kind of control of my life um but it is just I almost can't believe it when you're telling me these things I'm like how has someone how has someone got away with behaving like this like I'm yeah I think they've I think they've done it for a while and I mean also another you know these as I left I left I got more and more of these reaffirming things you know Mm. and it's interesting because the whole six months I've been there other people had said things like oh this isn't quite right and that's a bit worrying but no one actually went anywhere Mm. so then it was like oh you know, we can all complain and say things about work, but maybe I'm the one that's really dramatic and maybe, you know, maybe I'm still not that great because the value that everyone else had was that pretty much all of them were registered interpreters. So they had right. a real measurable skill set, yeah. right? So yeah. so I was yeah. like, oh, I don't have that. So like, maybe it's just that. Anyway, you know, it's so my first reaffirming thing of leaving and starting to feel confident it was the right decision was this day of just really bizarre things happening and then being like yeah that was the right move and then mm. as time went on people started leaving and what and I think now there's a whole refresh of people who just aren't there anymore and we're never there people that are there now I think weren't there when I was there so I think that was also really good to go okay and I don't know whether I kind of led the leaving thing and other people Quite saw me going me. and were like mm. I think it definitely made people question elements of what was happening but but yes we uh I got out of there and it is funny. I think I probably should go back to that location and just I think part of it is not wanting to see those people, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think, like that tube stuff is just so funny to me that I'm like, oh, it's all like bundled up in that <laughs> place, there. like tied up. Yeah, I need yeah. to kind of go. go and maybe and, like, just... just release some of that pressure that's all yeah. stored there. It's like, it's really interesting. It's like a physical way of you're not repressing the feelings because you didn't repress them no. but in the way that we put things away in our mind and then don't mm. look at them again and then eventually they come knocking and we kind of have to look and have to sort of unpack and deal with them a little bit I just wonder you know is it possible to just put them there at that location and then leave them there or will that location always have like a burning mark in your mind in the map in your mind you know that that's what the association yeah. is with that location and whether you are okay with that or whether at some point you want to go and disperse some of that energy yeah I, um, I think maybe a walk across that park and over to that place would be good and like a little tour and go oh, okay it's not it's just a building it's just a place it's just a tube stop and there were some yeah. people there that weren't that great but 
them totally. They're so irrelevant to me today now. And I've seen one of the people in the street twice in the last few years and like, mm. oh, yeah. had a moment of like, oh, I'm just not making eye contact with you. I'm not going to acknowledge that you're here. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if they recognised me at the time. I think, yeah, like, I think we talked a bit about this before when we first having a discussion around setting this up and you were saying like sometimes the universe gives you these things and yeah I recently before knowing that we were going to have this conversation and do this deleted the screenshot that I had of that text oh yeah um, okay then like listen to your podcast and a friend was like oh maybe uh you should have a conversation with Harriet and I was like oh that sounds really interesting and it just all kind of felt like it was the right time to mm. release and I feel like I've definitely kind of moved on from it all which is good but yeah it's just funny how serendipitous all these things are when they come around I Um, think so I think so I'm so glad that I could be part of that process with you it's really important and it's really empowering as well to be able to put some intense feelings to bed if you know what I mean like put them to rest like Mm. we're done now you're in the past and I don't need to revisit that and there's something about that visiting those feelings and just reframing them from a place of security where you are now where you know your self-confidence and self-esteem is is much you know more secure of course because of what was happening at that time so that you can really know yeah my intuition was right my instinct was right and and it's just that reassurance to trust ourselves isn't it it takes so long sometimes certainly for me it took a long time to trust my intuition and it's nearly always right it's just about having the confidence that i don't have any facts right now to tell you why i think that i just feel it and i'm gonna trust it and and that's really really powerful so so thank you i'm really grateful that i've been able to be part of that process that's awesome i love that yeah no it's great and yeah i hadn't really i think i thought about it a bit before but hadn't really kind of I think even just talking today has made me really aware of how much I've bundled up into that place so I think I think part of this journey for me now is to go to that place and have a little walk around and be like it's okay yes there were painful moments and it was really tough and I felt very vulnerable and hurt Mm. but now I look back and I almost laugh at the whole thing in a sense that like it doesn't I've taken the power away so now you're not very important you're small yes which is good. And yeah, like, like you said, just really learning to trust those instincts, which don't often guide you in a, in the wrong direction. No, no, they don't. And I think ultimately our our sort of emotions have our backs, even though sometimes we're like, I don't want to be crying in the park before work. <laughs> ultimately, they our emotions are giving us messages, aren't they? And, and it, you know, your body was saying to you, I don't want to be here and we need to do something about this but it's just whether we're ready to hear the message yet and by whatever means it was in the end you you did and you did get out and and thank goodness you did even with all the strange circumstances of you hunting in your notice and then it being taken (laughs) away and all of that it's really really interesting i wonder whether i can take you back a little bit for you to tell us, was there anything in particular at the time when you were feeling oh, all of that intensity, you just talked about like the feelings in your stomach, having the burning feeling. And I, I, I recognize that a lot from people talking to me about anxiety and holding tension and, oh, I might be wrong. Like in this scenario, I might be wrong. And there's something about that part of our body that reacts really strongly to being in the wrong. And I just wonder, you know, over all of these things that you've described, were there any things that really supported you in kind of finding hope or feeling a bit of hope or feeling like you could cope maybe more than hope 
any particular things that you did or practices that you do in general? I guess, I mean, I, th I think that walk became very meditative in the yeah. morning. And we, were, we had such good weather that year, but I could basically would walk in, in every day, which took me about an hour. And I would never have walked an hour to get to work for like... <laughs> right. um, but you needed that time. Uh, and I just think, yeah. So I think that became really important to have music on, mm. just be walking. I think the physical movement of it really helped me get a lot of energy out. So I think I went mm. in with I think a lot of the agitated energy. I'm, I'm very high energy and like very active and moving around and a lot of energy sometimes. And I think I got out a lot of that in the morning. I found that really helpful for me mm. because I felt less fidgety and less that there yeah. was a, a need to move physically in my body throughout the day. Mm. Um, I got really into drinking water and I found getting up and leaving the space to go to the bathroom and to go and get water was actually a really useful way to exit the space in a neutral way. So yeah. I was drinking like bottles and bottles and bottles of water, like not a crazy amount, but like a, enough to be like, I'm really working to do this. And I think mm. one, it was probably really good for me to be hydrating myself at yeah. time of stress because my body was like, yeah. let's try and keep the body in a really great place but I think also the ability to leave this that negative room that we were mm. in within the building and get out and be able to just say oh, I'm just going to go get some more water I'm just going to go to the bathroom because I need to go to the bathroom more because drinking yeah, so of course, yeah. I think that was a strange a strange thing and just think about it now I've never really thought of it as a coping mechanism but I think what no, I was doing was I was giving is. myself an opportunity to exit mm. without drama yeah without yeah. creating any fuss it's almost like um it's a really smart way of having some control in a scenario where you don't have control. It's a really small way yeah. of feeling like you're keeping the reins somehow <laughs> so that you've, you've <laughs> still got control over your body, even if you're not having control over the things that you're having to do or the way you're being made to feel at work. But you are able, ultimately, you're the person in charge of looking after your physical well-being. It's yeah, that really interests me, actually, because I think it is a coping mechanism and it might sound really small to you, but I think there is something quite powerful in that. Yeah, I've not really thought about it until you asked. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You have these conversations and things kind of pop up in your head and you're like, oh, I was definitely doing that a lot. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. And I think it just came from the person that I was closest with at work was drinking a lot of water and I bought a bottle that it clicks. It's a Joseph Joseph yeah. bottle. It's a very good bottle. <laughs> and like it counts the amount of time you click it round oh, and it counts up the, the amount of full bottles you've drunk. And that became like a weird, I'm controlling this thing, like you said. And you know, I think a lot of people in situations like that will find something that they can do, whether it's keeping a space really clean and tidy, yeah. um, you know, just some kind of element of control that you can kind yeah. of latch onto. And I definitely feel like that was something that I was doing. And then I think the other thing I was doing was just going using the other people there to mm. start to validate. And I don't think I was not trying to start a coup or anything, but no. I was definitely in private and personal conversations with colleagues, allowing their experience to help me validate that I am experiencing the same thing. We're experiencing the same events. So if something happened that I thought was really strange, I'd talk to them afterwards and just to kind of make sure that it wasn't in my head or that yeah. I'd become really oversensitive. So that yeah. was also really useful. Like I think talking to people that are in that space and understand that it's strange because you can talk to people outside who haven't experienced it but they don't get they it because they're really not there know. and that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah it's not the same like um, it's social proof isn't it and you can't get that social yes. proof from someone outside of the scenario it needs to be from someone within it 
and it's really powerful I think that's how we do anything difficult actually is we begin to collect social proof from other people whatever it might be leaving a job leaving a relationship dealing with big issues is we we need to like build up the strength the courage the sort of resilience to know I can do this and collecting those little bits of incidental conversations are are really powerful they're really useful I think it's interesting because like you say you wouldn't have necessarily thought about it or why would you even reflect on this and remember but there's something in having the conversation that makes you just think oh actually yeah that was something I was doing and and yeah it makes complete sense to me that you did and probably really really helped you in getting moving increment like incremental steps closer to being able to hand in your notice and, and and decide to make a move yeah definitely yeah so I think those I think those are things that I was doing a lot to kind of get through. Um, and then also just like being really kind to myself, you know, buying nice things to eat at lunchtime because there was that hour that. of freedom sitting in, yes. sitting in the sunshine when I had that time out. And also like when things weren't high stress, the moments when they couldn't be really enjoying as much as I could the time I, I couldn't go anywhere. So try not to, not, not this isn't the right word, but try not to wallow in it and like allow mm. that to consume me. But like mm. there, were, I, there were some really funny times with some of the colleagues that I worked with where we had a really good laugh when people, other people weren't around and that was, <laughs> and like really enjoying that, right? Yes. <laughs> trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. trying to find the moments within the big picture that might not have been such a great experience where yeah. you go, that was, oh, that's really lovely. And I really value this person. And we had a really good moment there. Um, yeah. and they, those moments definitely happened and I think I look back on it as a really good life lesson because I think I'll never get into a situation like that again because I've seen all those flags and if I am in a situation like that I feel like I'll be able to read it really well because I've gone through it so yeah. a lot of people are like oh god I bet you wish you'd never worked there and I'm like actually no I'm really glad I did it was mm. I don't think I'd want to have worked there for six months I would have wanted to have only done it for maybe three or four but <laughs> yeah but the experience and the exposure to that although it was really tough taught me a lot mm. um taught me a lot about my resilience you said that earlier and I think being able to push push through and go through that experience and come out the other side although it's you know it's a strange badge of honor but it's one that I'm like I don't think I would compromise on it because it's t- definitely taught me a lot and helped me grow it's so interesting yeah. you say that actually because what I'm finding is with these amazing conversations that I'm having with people on the podcast that people have been through awful things really difficult things really difficult experiences like what you're describing so many different things and nobody says I'd take it all back nobody says even doesn't matter how difficult it is everyone is able to say I'm I'm now glad that that happened and even though there's things we'd never choose like you know coronavirus we'd never have chosen for that to happen however the sort of hindsight is is that actually you got some value out of it and you know some things about yourself that you never would have had the opportunity to learn about how resilient you are and how strong you are and how much you can cope how fortunate you've been like you described earlier on about you feel very fortunate that you've not had to deal with lots of kind of stresses and strains and this reflection allows you to realize that you know that being able to have a difficult work situation again not that you'd have chosen it makes you realize how good in general your situation has been and and even then you were talking about the moments and it felt really like being present that's what it felt like to me being really present and people describe it different ways you know mindfulness or whatever but actually it's just being present in the moment not trying to be 
at tomorrow or yesterday or when they might come back or what the next deadline but actually just yeah a, a fun time comes up and you run with it because you don't know you know you've just got to take the moment take the opportunity take advantage of that and and that just kind of shows as well your your sort of fun loving nature which I think comes across anyway doesn't it you're sort of very happy bubbly <laughs> lovely personality and I think that that sort of comes across that you could just pick that up the second that the pressure dropped your natural sense of self was still there alive and kicking <laughs> and wanting more room. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think also like that that sense of self, it's funny because I remember thinking to myself, oh, when things were suddenly okay or, and there wasn't those pressures, I was like, and I think that's where maybe allowing it to happen for so long came from because I was like, when they weren't happening, it was okay and you could have a laugh and we, yeah. you know, there were moments that were really good. So I'm like, oh, am I just being... And again, that's that thing of like, am I just being really dramatic during those moments? Because mm. I'm able to go back to myself and find that joy again. But again, like you said, you just have to really trust your gut and know that those things were those triggers and those um, problems that you were seeing and feeling. And I mean, but we yeah, only but... know we only know to trust our gut by not doing it, right? We only know to trust <laughs> it through true. the times of getting it wrong. And then everything goes wrong. Yeah. And then you go, I should have listened to myself. So I think... We all have yeah. to learn that lesson the hard way and hopefully not too hard, but it it just is the way it is, isn't it? That yeah. Unless you've got an incredibly sort of intuitive childhood and upbringing where you're really encouraged to sort of flourish in that trusting yourself. And, you know, most of us are more unsure than that. We're awkward teenagers who are figuring out who we are and and it takes time to, to figure all of that out, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I mean, my partner, his catchphrase is hindsight is twenty twenty, And like, I say that all the time, because it's so, it's so true. Like, you see everything with such clarity after it's happened. And that's yeah. okay, because like, you can't see forwards with true clarity. And, and it's going through those moments. And not like you said, I've never heard anyone say that before, that it's only from not trusting your gut that you learn to then trust it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a great, it's a great way of putting it. Um, I so think yeah, it's, but, we can all relate I mean, to really that great, as well. Mm. Yes, sorry definitely. carry on you said um, you're in a really great place now which is good and I yeah I feel like I've definitely healed a lot which is great you know I went on and had a really great time working at Facebook after that mm. um and what was really great is there was a really positive workspace and the team were really fun loving there were a lot of people that were kind of young in their career and what it gave me was like a little bit of a step back and and the I think the the cooker the pressure pot kind of just turned down a bit because everyone yeah. was a bit younger than me yeah. and it was a contractor role so like you got it for 11 months and and the work was great and I knew what I was doing that was just so such a relief to I not bet. feel like I'm and I think I also taught myself not to pressure myself because I was so desperate to move on to the next thing and start making my career go in a really great way and like I can't go why would I go be a recruiting coordinator like I work in theatre and with people mm. and do things in the arts and charity like I have to go down this path and it, it really taught me just to go with the flow a bit better and not pressure myself to like shoehorn things into being the right thing that the path I should be going on and that actually you know I was a bit embarrassed that I was then going to be doing an admin job and I was like oh but I work in theatre and the arts and I've, I've worked in charity for so long and so when I left Chicken Shed I had told them where I was going and what it was going to be and they were like oh sounds like a really great organisation and I felt like I had to sell it to people and I think I've kind of become a bit better at just going this is the job that I do I don't work in the arts anymore. I really enjoy what I do. I'm challenged by it. I have loads of opportunities to be creative in how I work. 
and that's okay and I don't have to prove to anyone that I don't work in the arts and that that's not that's exciting you can it can still be exciting you can still do great stuff I've actually been like it's totally fine and I spoke to a lot of people who I was like oh god they're gonna be like why are you doing this job because you were an artist and worked in theatre and stuff and I think that's kind of gone now which is a really good lesson I love that. I really love what you've just said there. I think I can relate to it so personally as well, because my background is fine art. So I started off as an artist and then Mm -hmm. I did my teaching and then I went into art therapy. And so I've I've kind of stayed around the periphery of creativity and never quite got back to that like solid creative, you know, and (laughs) and I'm still having that group of friends who are like, you know, hardcore creatives, <laughs> serious creatives. And it, you're, you're so right. There's so many ways of being creative. You know, we don't have to stick to the linear pathway. And I also love what you said about letting go of how it had to be, like letting go of how the path has to be. Because we have so many ideas, especially as young adults, I think, so many ideas about, well, I want it to go this way and it's going to, I don't know exactly how it's going to look, but it's going to be X, Y, Z, and it's going to follow this direction. And none of it has been like that for me. I don't, and it sounds as though, you know, same for you, that it it takes a different route. And sometimes it's about releasing that pressure and trusting that good things are coming, you know, trusting that whatever is meant for you is going to come your way. And you've just got to follow those, just like we were saying, those little nudges from our intuition about, well, that feels quite good to do. And I'm enjoying this and, and following that because we can we just can't really anticipate can we can't really anticipate the future and sometimes things change like really quickly at the drop of a hat and and we have to pivot and do something different and and that's when you really know yourself that's when you really see yourself and learn who you are and what you can manage and 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 what really really lights you up and there's a really good chance that what lit you up 15 years ago doesn't necessarily do quite the same things now and and I, I certainly find that it changes for me that the things that I am really passionate about, you know, core, the core fundamental things probably stay fairly similar, but the way I look at them changes or the specific activities that I like doing slightly change. And it's, we're growing, aren't we? We're changing and we have to move with that and not try and stay in the box and stay rigid. <laughs> I especially think creative people are like, really clear about being outside the box and then I'm like as long as you're not painting yourself a box you know that I need to stay within my creative box because then that's just the same thing isn't it no I love that thank you and Anthony tell us a little bit about where you are now and where this sort of leaves you yeah so I now work at another sort of global tech company who are called Cloudflare I really aligned to them morally that their sort of catchphrase is that uh, helping build a better internet and I just think they're great like they've been they've received the human rights seal of approval they want to make sure that the internet is safe they want to make it accessible to everyone they're a business they need to make money obviously but they are doing so much they offer free security and protection from an internet perspective for people who might be journalists in countries where what they're reporting on is not liked by the country etc so they're doing a really great job in the world and that makes me really happy and I think like you said those core things that really you align to don't change and I think for me it's always been about people I'm from a really big family I'm the oldest of four I love being around people and seeing different people and hearing different experiences and I really you know value and champion 
diversity and inclusion and I do so much of that in my job now that I just am like oh this is I should have been doing this this is definitely what I should have been doing and it's so great to feel that and be like yes I'm on the right path and yeah I think for me that's very likely to go into sort of like a learning and development championing diversity inclusion in companies and how you can you know put in all the things that need to make sure that companies can build diverse workforces and inclusive workspaces and I think that's where I see myself going which it's full circle back to the inclusive training that I received at Chicken Shed, which yes. is just like, of How course, funny. that makes total sense. Of course. Like, I've taken that, I've got rid of the theatre. <laughs> I'm just I'm just literally doing what they said on the tier. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually quite funny, really. That, it's so um, strange. And, I, I, and Chicken Shed talk a lot about, <laughs> yeah, they uh, they talk a lot at Chicken Shed about taking the ethos out and going into the world with that. And, and I always saw that as like, oh, well, I'll go and make theatre inclusive somewhere else perhaps or I'll run projects but I'll run them inclusively in other arts companies or theatres but actually I'm going into a space that's never had someone that's come from an inclusive theatre company come in and challenge things and question things and product things and train people and I think that's really exciting and that really does you can see I can feel that that lights me off I get really excited about it but yeah so that's where I'm at which is good and living in a nice house flat you know I've been very lucky during Covid to continue working which has been a blessing Amazing. um so yeah really positive things so I think yeah that's that's where I'm at now which is that's good great. which makes me feel happy <laughs> good and it should it should make you feel happy like what a journey even just in that sort of hour not, not even that we've been talking you can see how things have moved on for you in a really positive direction and that fills me with hope and that's obviously what we're talking about and thinking about but yeah. it really does I think we all go through really difficult times and even it doesn't matter how people see you from the outside now as a lovely bubbly and upbeat person but it doesn't mean that you're immune from having a difficult time and and also that you haven't had lessons that you've had to figure out or things you've had to learn about yourself and and actually like we were saying you wouldn't you wouldn't change them because it means that you know who you are and you know what you're about and you know what you stand for and it's just reaffirmed all of that stuff about what's really, really important to you. And and you're right, it absolutely comes out while you're talking. Your sort of energy is bouncing and it's really lovely. So it's really good. So if anyone has really enjoyed this and they want to carry on the conversation, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? I think I'll share my Instagram with you. It's pick.anthony. Pick me, pick Anthony. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, drop me a message on there. And yeah, happy to chat about diversity and inclusion or sunshine whatever you like <laughs> oh I love that thank you so much I feel like that's been a real treat is there any sort of last things last thoughts anything you think oh, I really wanted to say that and I didn't get a chance to and it's really okay if there isn't I just like to give people a little bit of room at the end if there is anything um I don't think so I think I think one thing that I think is really important to say is that when I first reached out to you I hadn't listened to the podcast and I was like when I first started listening and hearing about other people's experiences, it made me think, oh, I can't go on and talk about this because my experience hasn't been bad enough. Right. And I think that's a really good thing just to mention that we've all gone through stuff and it affects us all differently. And it's not a scale and it's not a badge of honor. I went through this terrible thing. Mm. Um, you will all go, we'll all go through things in our lives where we feel hopeless and, and we can come out the other side of those things and never be ashamed that you think what you went through might be too granular or feel petty or whatever don't do that to yourself I think you go through something you experience pain and feelings of hopelessness and that's okay whether that was about something that you think might 
might be to someone a really small thing doesn't really matter and I think that's definitely something that you helped me kind of yes walk onto as well in yeah. our initial very initial conversation of oh no don't worry any yeah. experience is is fair to talk about and and valid so I think yes. that's just really something I think people should take away for sure Thank you so much for saying that. And you just picked up the words that were bouncing in my head, which is valid. Everyone's experience is valid. And and we shouldn't ever downsize how difficult things feel at the time because our emotions are real and raw and big sometimes. And you're so right. Give yourself the credit to say that was really hard. And it doesn't matter what it is that was really hard, but that's what this space is for, is to talk about the stuff that people find hard to talk about because, you know, I want us to get better at this and, and get things more open and spoken about and and even begin a dialogue when, you know, we're not always sure. I'm not always sure how it's going to go or what I'm going to say, but I think it's the human element, isn't it? It's bringing out that we're all humans and we all go through really difficult things and it really doesn't matter if you don't know what to say. The point is, is that you're there and you want to listen. And you can even say, and this is something I say a lot, you can even say, I don't know what to say, but I want you to know I'm I'm here and I'm listening and that's enough, you know. So thank you. What an absolute pleasure this has been. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. What an amazing story. I'm so grateful to Anthony for sharing with us this week because I know he's not alone in his experiences. And it's an important reminder that any relationships, if they're no longer serving us, don't have to stay with us. We can move on, move forward and change and do something new. There were so many important insights in here about following our intuition, allowing ourselves to have and express those really difficult, painful emotions and trusting the journey, even if it doesn't look how we were expecting it to look. Because let's be honest, it usually doesn't go exactly how we planned. As ever, I would love to hear from you about what you thought of this episode, so you can find us directly on dawnbreaks.co.uk, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or you can get in touch with us directly on Instagram or Facebook. It's always so good to hear back from people about what you have got out of listening to this. Otherwise, take really good care and you will hear from me soon.